Hello and welcome back to the Start Simple Podcast with me, as ever, Andy, here to talk to you today about a little bit of everything we're, we're throwing. Do you, know, do you know what this podcast is today? This podcast is a freezer and fridge empty and tea, right? It's where we're going to cover a little bit of nutrition, we're going to cover a little bit of training, we're going to cover a little bit of mindset because I've had a lot of questions from clients this week. I put a question box on Instagram, some of them are from there. So it's a mix and match. It's when there's a bit of a weird setup in your fridge and we just need to, to get them all out. So there's no real structure today. We're just going to answer questions in the order that I got them and we'll take it from there. So as a podcast comparison, this is the emptying of the fridge. You've never heard a podcast start like that, have you? If there's anything that comes up and you've got further questions about it, maybe it's an area you need a little bit of support in. As always, you want to find out more about coaching with me, just send me a message. There's an offer for anybody who comes into coaching who has come through listening to the podcast because I like it that you're listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. So if that is you, just send me a message on Instagram or, well, yeah, Instagram's going to be the best bet, isn't it? So as I said, got a mix of questions today. Some are from my client check-ins this week. Some are things that clients have just asked me and some came through an Instagram question box. So I've literally written them down and I'm going to start with the first one. There's no real order to it. There's a mix of nutrition questions. There's a mix of training questions and a couple just about sort of headspace and mindset when it comes to, to dieting, when it comes to being healthy and all those sort of things. Anyway, let's get to the point. So very first question was, am I okay to snack as long as I stay within my calories? Well, yeah. So in this situation, this is one of my clients and he's in a deficit at the moment. And he asked, is it okay to snack as long as I stay within my deficit? On a piece of paper, yeah, of course it is. Like if you're able to include things that you enjoy, whether it's a chocolate bar or crisps and manage your calories effectively and stay within that deficit, absolutely crack. And in fact, I'd encourage it. I'd actively encourage you to do that because it just gives you, if I say, if we make your diet, if we say we need to stick to your diet for however long you're going to be in the deficit, right? But throughout that period, we're constantly saying, but every single day you get something that you'd enjoy a little bit more. You get a chocolate bar, you get a bag of Monster Munch, you get a mince pie, Christmas is coming up, innit? The chances of you adhering, which is the most important part of the diet, adherence, sticking to what we need to do, the chances of the adherence of that diet increase a lot more when we say we're not actually removing anything. We're going to manage portion sizes, we're going to ma manage calories, we're going to probably not smash in a load of chocolate, but we're going to make it as easy as possible to you for you to adhere to it. So is snacking okay within your calories? Absolutely. The caveat to that question, I would say though, is that snacking can often be the thing that stops people sticking to their calories. So although yes, you can snack within your calories, it wouldn't be how I would particularly say the first thing we want to think about is how many snacks can we include within a day? Because if you are trying to stick to, again, a certain number of calories, if you're making up, I'm just going to say 2,000, right, as a bit of an average number, 2,000 is a number that a lot of people would try and eat around when it comes to a calorie deficit, right? If you're trying to make that 2,000 calories up of, say, 1,000 calories of snacks, which is very easily done if you think of biscuits in the office, you think of some chocolate at home, you think of packs of crisps or whatever else, it's very easily done for those calories to add up and for it to quickly become 1,000, right? Now we only have a thousand calories left to be thinking about your meals, to be thinking about your protein. So that snacking can make it very, very easy for you to then go over your calories. So the first thing I would do is make sure that you understand why you're snacking. If you're having a snack to enjoy it because you want a bit of chocolate or whatever, absolutely crack on, do your thing. 
But if you're, I feel a bit peckish, I'll just grab a few biscuits. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, you're going to have a few biscuits and that's not going to stop that feeling of peckishness. Peckishness. Is that a few? Yeah, I've said it now. So, snacking is absolutely okay, but it wouldn't be how I would manage your calories as sort of like the main thought process. I would be making sure that you're having filling, satisfying meals. And then again, if we use 2000 as a number, let's say you have three meals that make up around 17, 1800 calories, then you've got 200 calories left over there at the end of the day that you could have some. I don't know, a little bit of ice cream, you could have a chocolate bar, again, packet of crisps. So yes, snacking is okay if you're sticking within your calories, but if you're not sticking to your calories, then it's probably the snacking that's causing the issue and you need to start looking at meal sizes, portion sizes, protein intake. Hope that answers that one. Next up, simple, easy answer to this question. The question was, should I take creatine? The answer, yes, you should. The vast majority of people, well, all people really, would benefit from taking creatine the only reason i would tell people not to or that i wouldn't recommend taking creatine is if there's all the basics that are in place if you're like missing half your gym sessions a week if you are very inconsistent with your nutrition if you don't drink enough water or eat enough protein creatine isn't going to be like oh well i can get away with doing these things because i've got creatine on the side it's not it's not going to happen but if you are getting if you are consistent with training if you are consistent with your nutrition and you're in a good place with all of those things then creatine is only going to help it's going to make you stronger it's going to speed up recovery. Creatine is, as a bit of a blanket recommendation, the only supplement that I would say, yeah, everyone should take creatine. Your body already makes creatine. So it's even when like some people talk about supplements supplements, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be putting something unnatural into my body. Well, cool, because there's already creatine within your body. It's just that it can't make enough, it can't process enough within your body for the amount it needs for the benefits that we want to take out of it. So should you take creatine? 100%. You don't need to worry about it being a supplement there. Oh my God, supplements, they're terrible things. They're not terrible, they're just a lot of them are overplayed. But your body is already making creatine. We supplement it just to give it more so that, you, um, that we can get the benefits that come with it. Next up, I like this question. This is one of those that I just, I really like. I really like sort of mindset work because I think that is probably what's holding most people back. Nobody, like even the questions I've just answered around creating or snacking or hitting calories, it's not news to you that it's it's just not news to you. Me, I'm in a minute. I'm going to talk about resistance training. Not news to you, is it? You know about that. Maybe the finer details and the the way to program and ways to train. Maybe that's not so clear to you right now. Ask for, but you know about the fundamental things you have to be doing. And the reason that you're not doing it is probably your headspace, which is why I think it's one of the most important things to work on. So I'm stuck in the all or nothing mentality. What can I do about it? I think you've already done the first thing you need to do in that you sat there and you've recognized it because so many people will have that approach and not have any awareness whatsoever. That's how they're getting through a day and getting through a week is that they're either on or off. So I actually think this person, this was a question on Instagram. I think you've already realized, you've taken the first step to it. You've realized it. The next one is really, really hard. The next one is then for you to implement. And that's what's Probably the most difficult thing is implementing these things. It's all well and good listening to me say it on a podcast, but ultimately, it's always going to come down to you. So the first thing you've got to remember is you have so many choices in a day, in a week, that impact your health. So many of them. And that, like, you, you may hear that and think, that's quite overwhelming, I've got so many choices. No, 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 that's a positive. Because then all of a sudden, we can realise that one singular choice the impact that that one singular choice is, is going to have is really, really small. This is probably the biggest breakthrough I have in my clients when they come to me. A lot of my clients will come to me where they're in this position. I'm not going to say it happens overnight because it doesn't. 
But when they can sort of have that switch in their head and they're like, oh, this one takeaway on a Friday night doesn't mean that my breakfast has to change on Saturday, that then I have to get another takeaway on Saturday, that I have to have drinks, that I have to do this and this and this, and that's where it spirals, isn't it? So understanding that every single choice that you make is a standalone choice on its own. It does not have to impact what you do next. And more often than not, well, not more often than not, every single time, if you can have that in your head and one choice doesn't impact the, the next. I always think that with these sort of things, you have to see it to believe it. I say this with clients a lot of the time. It's all well and good me explaining it, but when they've had a week where something like that has come up and then the next decision they make is more positive, again, let's say it is a takeaway, but then the next morning they just go straight back to normal. Straight away, you've seen you've seen that you can do it and you're like, oh, it hasn't. That one takeaway actually isn't rude. Like, by the way, take nothing wrong with takeaways. But that one moment isn't actually massively negative and negatively impacting my week like I tell myself it has. So understanding that each choice is a standalone choice. And ultimately, it's on you to make them. And you do have the control and the power to make them. It doesn't seem easy. It's not easy. Again, I've got to stress that. It's not easy to do. But you do have the power to be making those choices. And you are the person. And it is your voice in the... Yeah, it is the voice in your head. that You just need to answer it back, basically. You need to say, shut up, little prick. This, is, this isn't how it's got to go. You're chatting shit, mate. You, this is said in your head. By the way, if you're in public, probably don't do this out loud. If you're very much all or nothing, it's like, oh my God, this one moment is going to impact the next three days. Notice yourself saying that and say to that voice in your head, shut your mouth, pal. Because that's the thing that we need to do. We need to stop letting that one moment impact what happens for the rest of the week, for the rest of the weekend, for the rest of the month. So that's the first thing to be doing. Understand that each choice is a standalone choice. They do not have to impact the other. And when you do that, when you have that moment, maybe it'll happen now after listening to this podcast, maybe it'll happen in a week. Once you've seen the impact that almost, I hate the phrase, but getting back on it makes, it becomes so much easier to do. It's like any, anything. It's like getting used to doing a movement in the gym. First time you do it, you're like, oh, is this right? Second time, it oh, feels a little bit better. Repetition, repetition, repetition becomes more effective. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so this was a question in check-ins and it was actually relating to, so one of my clients, I always, I ask my clients specifically to do this because I like answering questions like this. So one of my clients has seen in her program, she has, uh, dumbbell Romanian deadlifts instead of barbell Romanian deadlifts. And her question to me was, sorry, I live in Bali and there is a fly on my computer and it's annoying me, but it's gone now. So her question to me was, why? And I love that question. Sure. It, Always ask questions why. I can be like if you work with a PT or a coach, they should be explaining things to you. But equally, like I don't explain every single minute decision that I would make around a program to my clients in giving them the program. It'd be really overwhelming if I started breaking down the reason behind absolutely every aspect. But if they ask me why about certain aspects, of course I'm going to explain it to them. So you should always be able to get an answer as to why things are. So anyway. Laura, she asked me why have I got a Romanian dumbbell, Romanian, oh my God, I can't speak, Romanian deadlifts using dumbbells instead of Romanian deadlift using a barbell, because her answer to me is well within that, and it was completely justified, she said, because I think I could go heavier if I was using a barbell. Quite simply, in this instance, the reason that I asked 
Laura to use the dumbbells as opposed to barbell is because she's going to get a bigger range. Laura's really, really solid and consistent with her training. And when we use dumbbells in a Romanian deadlift, you're going to get, I mean, think of this logistically. When I say this is going to make complete sense, you're going to get more range of movement. She's going to be able to extend her bum further back, extend her hamstrings and her posterior chain even further when she uses dumbbells as opposed to when she uses a barbell. It's not to say that you shouldn't use a barbell for Romanian deadlift because realistically at some stage in Laura's programming we'll reintroduce the barbell. Um, but the reason behind it in this situation was because we're going to get a bigger range of movement. She's able to get lower and extend further using dumbbells because if she was using a barbell, they obviously have big plates on the side and that would stop that range of movement. So in that instance, that's why we did that. But I'm going to answer it now more generically as using dumbbells or barbells within the gym. Now, for me, it depends where you're at with training, but I do think that you should probably use, if you're a beginner, maybe not just straight onto the barbells. But over time, I do think they should, well, I think you should have a variety of everything in your workout machines, dumbbells, barbells. I think it's good practice to be able to do a little bit of everything. But I think you the, there's benefits to both. I always err on the side of dumbbells initially with people. We get to see a little bit more about strength. You get to learn more stability, I feel. Mm, yeah, I do. I think that you get to learn a little bit more stability when using dumbbells. And unilaterally as well, like if you're using, let's say, like a dumbbell bench press, you are going to have to use both sides of your body to do that. Whereas with a barbell, you could overcompensate with a certain side. So I do feel, especially at the start of a journey or even a program, I think dumbbells are the way to go. And then you can progress to barbells. Like this is the idea with everything that you do within the gym. The idea is always progression. Now that progression on paper can sometimes be like, am I getting stronger? That's the more obvious progression. However, you could start off, right? A progression with say a Romanian deadlift. We use that as an example because that's what I was talking about. You could start off simply doing a body weight hip pinch. You then may introduce a kettlebell and do a kettlebell hip pinch. You then may start to get confident with that movement and we start to use, um, we do dumbbell Romanian deadlifts. We then start to get comfortable with that movement and we move on to barbell Romanian deadlift. So the whole time, the idea is progression with it. So using dumbbells and barbells, I would be using a mixture of both within your program. Again, it's, it's going to depend on the exercise. It's going to depend on the body parts that you're building as well. Like with Laura, we're trying to get her stronger in that position. So for me, getting her to use dumbbells and getting a bigger range of movement was more beneficial in this stage of her program than using a barbell would have been. Um, is there a best time to take protein? Nah. That's a bit of shit answer on it. Is there a best time? Not particularly. You'll see these gym bodybuilders and they like get hard on for the fact that they finished the last set of bicep curls and like, oh my god, it's fucking protein time, boys. Don't if they feel like that. They probably don't. Um, however, there's not really going to be any major difference whether you eat your protein or consume your protein if you have a protein shake. There's not going to be any major difference in the benefits of it, whether you have it straight after a workout or a couple of hours after a workout. My advice to everybody, anybody who I work with, because generally after you've done a workout, at some stage within the next couple of hours, you're going to feel hungry. Normally, you should have worked to a level where you're going to feel hungry. I trained about an hour and a half ago. I'm starting to feel hungry now. I've not consumed protein since I've decided to record a podcast because I love you all so much. So simple rule I would follow the next time you eat or the next time you consume something after a workout, I will be eating protein with it. I'll be making sure that you get a large serving of protein. But there's not necessarily a best time to take it. We want to make sure that you're getting enough protein overall across the course of the day. As a reminder of how much that should be, 
I would be looking at at least 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight. Now, for some of you, that can be a huge jump from where you're at right now. So just the idea can be on increasing it. But as a rough idea for most people, 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight, if not more, depending on your goals, how much you're training, how many calories you've got as well, is going to play into your protein intake. But it's not a best time for taking protein. Just make sure that after a workout, the next time you eat, consume some protein. People used to think that it had to be really quick. That's why you see people in the gym like rushing for the protein shake. I joke about it, but you actually do see it. Um, people used to think that the feeding window and the, the best time for muscle building was straight after the workout, the proteins go straight in. We, the, you could actually, in theory, wait for up to, you're not going to do this, obviously, but up to 24 hours, that opportunity is called an anabolic window, is what people call it. Sounds stupid, doesn't it? But basically, the opportunity for muscle growth to happen can happen within 24 hours of that workout. You're not going to wait 24 hours to eat. So just the next time you go to eat after doing a program, after doing a workout, eat protein with it. Simple as that. Um, okay, so this wasn't necessarily a question, but something that's... Actually, it was a question. It came from Niall, but something that's come up with a few clients this week is... What's the best way to improve technique in the gym and how? Get somebody's help, ultimately. My clients send me form videos every week. I have exercise tutorials breaking down every single movement for them. I review their form each week. I progress the movements. I regress their movements. If you are not, like, you should be resistance training. I'm I'm not going to say it anymore because I reckon I say that to people at least once a week. You should be resistance training. doesn't matter what your goal is does not matter whatever you are doing, you should be resistance training at some point. Now, for a lot of you, that's going to cause a little bit of anxiety. Maybe it's new to you. Maybe you're like, it can be an intimidating area of the gym. Completely normal. But you should be doing it. Okay? Now, if you're not sure how to do it, you're not sure on the techniques you need to use, the exercises you need to do, listen, you could spend a long time going on my through my Instagram page, you could spend a long time going through other PTs Instagram pages, you could spend a long time going on Google or researching things or whatever, right? You could spend months and months and months and you'd probably get to the bottom of it and you'd get an answer. Reality is, best way, go and ask somebody for help. Go and pay a professional for the help. I ultimately, that's what I like. I would do that. I have done that. Whether it's in the gym, whether it's outside of the gym, whether it's if I needed, I don't know, uh, I'm recording this podcast on a camera if my camera broke down i am sure just camera do cameras break down terrible analogy but we're in now i'm sure that i could probably find a way to fix it if i googled and googled and googled that's a lot of time and effort for me i could also just take it to somebody who knows what they're doing and say excuse me could i give you this and pay you for your services so that you can fix it and they'd say yes that's the whole point of pts and coaches you don't need them forever but when it comes to it exercises your health, man. It's the rest of your life. I like yes, I'm biased because it's my job. But I also like I encourage some people to go to in-person PTs. But yeah, I'm biased. But if you're not going to invest in your health, and it does again, like it can even be a lot of gyms will do like group classes and things like that to work on technique. I just think that there really isn't another answer to that. So Niall, who asked the question around his deadlift, straight away. We got form video, we got tutorials, I broke down the entire movement for him, I told him the point is that he himself needed to work on, and he's improving his deadlift. Simple as that, he's investing in himself, that's the best way to improve your technique in the gym. Yes, again, um, YouTube would be a great resource, again, Instagram, brilliant resource, even TikTok, some bloody stupid exercise are on there, but people do tutorial videos. You could spend a lot of time on those sort of places, and I'm sure you would get the answers that you need, but 
as an individual how to improve your own personal technique and form in the gym, go and get somebody's help. Um, the next one. was not necessarily a question and I've just realized that from what I've got written down it was more of a statement that I said to somebody who wasn't hitting steps like, I'm not getting my steps in I'm not getting my steps in I get home from work and I don't want to get my steps in I'm not surprised honestly I get to a point at three four o'clock every day and I'm like right done I've got no uh no drive I feel a little bit tired my sort of battery is drained if you like so I know for me after 3 p.m I'm not going to do any of my essential tasks each day. Things like my uh, client check-ins, my programming, my own training, um, my any planning I've got to do, really boring admin sort of tasks that I need doing, uh, whether it's going out for a walk or anything that is sort of takes maybe more mental headspace for me. If I get to 3, 4 p.m. and I have something like that, I know it's not going to get done properly. It's not going to get done properly. So get them done early. If there's something that you notice that you put off and it gets to the end of the day and you can't be asked, you move it and you start it and you do it at the start of the day. I'm not one of those people who thinks that everybody should just like get up. I've said this before. You don't need to get up early or anything like that. However, if, if you're not finding time anywhere else in the day and it's something that's frustrating you, then I probably think, no, I don't probably, I think definitely setting your arm 30 minutes earlier and getting it done in that 30 minutes is, well, it's probably your only answer. If you tell me, I'm working all day, I get home and I can't be asked, I'm knackered, well, there is no other answer, is there? Unless I tell you, well, you need to do it in the evening anyway, you need to go. But if that's not realistic for you, because it isn't for me, that's why I'm saying it's not realistic for me, then ultimately the only answer we have is, right, I need to set the alarm a little bit earlier. Um, getting things done early just gets them out of the way. It gets them done, it gets them out of the way. And I say this to clients as well with training and things. Don't plan all your gym sessions. Be like, right, I'm going to train Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The chances of that happening are slim to none, aren't they? Because you get towards the end of the week, you start to put things off. Same context, whether it's early in a day, early in a week. Get things done early. Go and get a gym session in on Monday or Tuesday. If you're not hitting your steps, get a walk in. Sort it out early doors. Get meal prep or, you know, make sure you're starting with a high-protein breakfast or... You've put overnight oats in the fridge so that something's ready for the next day. Get things done early doors. If you get things done early, they're done, they're out of the way, they're finished before you even have to think about it. If you get yourself, I've talked about decision fatigue before. If you're getting yourself to six, seven, seven o'clock and you've got to make a decision around things like getting to the gym or cooking a healthy meal, that's the point in the day where decision fatigue is going to kick in. You're getting a little bit tired, a little bit frustrated. You're like, ah, no, nah, I can't be asked. Get things done early in the day. If there are things that you're not able to implement consistently, get things, find time earlier in the day to do it would be my best advice. Final one. I told you this was a real, um, real fridge opener, fridge emptier with a podcast. But the final one came from Rob in his check-in this week. Very good question from Rob. He said, how much protein can the body absorb? Is it wasted if I eat 60 grams or more? This is a really, really misunderstood concept around protein, and you'll see a lot of people give the wrong advice around this. No, it's not wasted. So the reason that you'll see people say this is because muscle protein synthesis, posh way of saying muscle building, right? Muscle protein synthesis usually happens, depending on yourself, your body weight, 
around 20 to 30 grams of protein is enough for that process to take place, for the building of muscle to take place. Again, obviously we need resistance training, but that's how with protein servings, how much that we would need. Around 20 to 30 grams, again, it's all going to be individual. So a lot of people will be like, well, any more than that, your protein is just wasted. No, it's not. Before, shut up. Simply the protein is going to go and do a different task because muscle building isn't the only thing that your body uses protein for. Your immune system, your hair, your skin, your nails. Protein is used as building blocks for other areas and other processes within the body. So let's say, like Rob asked, if you have 60 grams of protein, what happens to it? Let's say for Rob, 30 grams of the protein goes towards muscle, uh, muscle building. The other 30 grams is just going to be broken down. It's going to be sat in a pool in his body of amino acids, and it's going to be used elsewhere in his body for other processes. So the protein isn't going to get wasted because it's not used for muscle protein synthesis. Everyone says that like 30 grams is the most protein that your body can absorb. No, they chat shit, mate. Your body can do more with protein than that. It's just that your body doesn't do any more with muscle. Um, your body doesn't use much more than 30 grams of protein for the muscle building process. At that point, it's just going to go and do a different job. Think of it like this. You've got 10 workmen going to build a house. They get to the house and it's like, actually, we only need six people to go and do this job. Sound, you six go in there. The other four of you, fuck off to another house. You don't need to fuck off. That was rude. But the other four of you, we don't need you on this task, so you can go and do something else. That's exactly what will happen if you have a larger protein serving. Use around 30 grams to go and build muscle, and the leftovers is just going to go and use, be used for a different task within your body. It's not wasted. It's not like it's just going to be misused or anything like that. It's simply going to be used for another task in your body. Your body can still process more protein more protein than 30 grams and I think that answers that one I quite like that builder analogy you know I'm using that you know that's getting used again put that in the in the book so they were all the questions one two three four five six seven eight eight bit of a random mix of topics but like I said they were the questions that sort of came up for me this week other than that people Hope you found some of these bits useful. If you've got anything else that you'd like covering, more general questions like that on the podcast that you'd like breaking down and a bit of an answer to, just drop me a message and let me know. Thanks for listening. Share the podcast. Be a legend. See you in a bit.